you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 16. Very familiar story. In fact, if you just turned there, you know of the story. You've heard it preached on many times. I've heard it preached on many times. I've preached on it many times. But there's something else I want you to see in the story this morning that got my attention. <clears throat> and I hope it gets yours this morning. I hope you see what I see and it wakes us up this morning. <clears throat> I do believe that we are to be woken up. I do believe we have gone into a sleep as far as serving God and getting people to the house of God. I believe we've lacked on that. We've fell short on that. And I believe looking at this will help us to get a better prospective view of what God is trying to show us this morning. Luke chapter 16 this morning. Uh, verse number 25, let us stand for the reading of God's Word and give Him the honor and glory. Luke 16, verse 25, But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good thing, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that that which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they, they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Let us pray this morning. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for all your mercy and grace and love. Father, we ask you to touch our hearts, open our minds and hearts to receive the words that you have in store for us. Lord, empty myself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. We find this is not a made-up story. It's not just an illusion. It's not just a fairy tale. We find that this is an actual true story. Jesus said there was a certain rich man and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. There were really two men that lived that the Lord had knowledge of that really died. And they drew their last breath and one ended up in Abraham's bosom and one ended up and is still there today in hell for all eternity without hope, without parole. One of the most tragic stories in the Bible is found here in this text. A man that wanted gold more than God. But he didn't have the Savior. He wanted stuff. Let me say, if you have a pocket full of gold this morning, and your heart's not full of God, it won't do you anything any good when it comes time to plant you in the ground. You can have all the stuff in this world. You can have all the satisfaction of this world that can offer, if you don't have know the Savior this morning, all that stuff and all your satisfaction, all your friends will not do you one bit of good this morning. Statistics says, and I read this and I, I wrote them down, I want to give you this shocking thing. Globally, 
per day, there's 163,898 people die globally a day. Per hour, 6,829. Per minute, 114. Per second, just under two people die every two seconds. That means by the time you got up this morning, got showered, got dressed, brushed your teeth, and put your clothes on and came to church and been here roughly about an hour and a half, thousands of people have left this place, either went to that place or went to that place this morning. They end up eternity. A thousand people go into eternity every day. And if you were the same way as this beggar, this rich man was, that's the same place you'll wind up. I want to say that the scene that we have, uh, that we read in our text is one that takes place over and over and over. As a matter of fact, I would say that uh, we all got up, we all got this done, we've seen that people die uh, globally since we've came to church. They've dropped off into eternity, heading to one of two places. But this is what I want to show you in this story this morning. I want to get your heart wrapped around it this morning. It may help you. It may give you some more insight that will help you in your life and your walk with God and being visual and telling people about Christ this morning. The worst thing about this story, the worst part about this story is in verse 29. The worst part about this story is this man knew all about this. He knew about this. And did nothing about it. Verse 29 said, Abraham said unto him, Thou have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. I want you to notice something. This man does not say, when he and Abraham said, uh, They have Moses and, and Genesis, Exodus, uh, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and they have the prophets. He said, Let them hear them. The man's response was, uh, he did not say, who is Moses? He did not say, who, who are the prophets? I've never heard of the, them before. I, I've never heard of the Ten Commandments before. And how we are condemned under the law of the hand. Matter of fact, we find that this man was a Jew this morning because he calls Abraham Father. He's a seed of Abraham. And he's been into the synagogue. He knows the temple. He's heard preaching. He's read scriptures. He knows what's coming. It's been told to him what's coming. And in spite of that fact, in spite of him being a Jew, in spite of the fact that he, he's been at the synagogue, in spite of the fact that he's read the scriptures... He did nothing about it this morning. I want to preach on this thought this morning. You may be here lost, or you may be here gotten cold and indifference on God. Preaching about this lost man, how you're in the same boat as he is. I want to preach this morning on you knew. You knew. There's not one person in the sound of my voice this morning that will go to hell and not know it when you get there. Yeah. 
You've heard preaching. You've heard about Jesus. You've heard how to escape. And this morning, if you go to hell with your eyes wide open, you will not have an excuse. You knew. You wanted to be able. To, you won't be able to shake your fist in the face of God and say, "I, I, I don't know. I never heard. I don't understand that." Oh no! You knew this morning. There will be people that listen to preaching this morning throughout this country. They will hear it on the radio. They will hear it on the TV. They've heard it in church time and time and time again. There is a God that loves you. There is a God that died for you. There is a Savior that wants you. They've heard it time and time again. They've heard the gospel. Yet they continue to pull it off and nothing to do with it. They, they never do nothing with, with it here. They say, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to live my own life. Don't be surprised if you wind up in hell. It should not be a shock to you because you knew this morning. I'm telling you, you know the Word of God this morning. You say, what did he know? What did he know about this? Look at this. I want you to show you some things that this man knew that he should have got right with God. And I'm telling you, you and I should be the same way this morning. We should get right with God. In verse number 9, it said they had Moses and the prophets. And he, he knows who Moses is. Probably could quote the scriptures. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void without void, and, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and he, God said, let there be light, and there was light. He probably could quote that. He probably knew that by heart. Oh, he's heard of it. He has heard how Abraham taken Isaac up to Mount Moriah, and he said, God shall provide a lamb for his sacrifice. He knows what's going on. He's been in the church. He's been in the temple. He's heard preaching. He's heard there's coming one that was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. We've all sheep that have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own ways. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all this morning. And yet he knows that he's heard that. He's heard everything I've said. He's quote though I read it. He's read it in temple. And yet... He winds up in hell this morning. I imagine he remembers every time he went to Sunday school, he heard the stories. He remembers all the times a preacher had preached to him. He remembers every time he had a verse of Scripture, but he didn't do nothing with it. He knew this morning. He knew the Bible, but he didn't do anything with the Bible this morning. I don't care how much Bible you know. I know people can quote scriptures left and right. Had an old preacher down in Florida down there. He was 90-some years old. He said, let me testify. And he'll stand up. He just wouldn't testify. He was starting Psalms 1-1 and go to about Psalms 23 before he finished. Word for word. He knew the Bible. He knew the Bible. This man knew the word. He knew it. I, I don't care how much you know. 
It ain't going to do you one bit of good this morning. Can I say this? The problem with a lot of people this morning is they know too much Bible. They know too much Bible. You know why people are going to hell this morning? Because they won't get right with God because they know a little bit about the Bible. They question the scriptures. Did Abraham have a navel? Where did Cain get his wife? I don't know. But they will ignore scriptures like this. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now she'll be saved. Or whosoever is called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. They ignore those. those. They want to nitpick at something in the Bible that has nothing to do with salvation. They just passed the buck. Because you got questions. Because the Bible doesn't always make sense to you. They're going to hell because they know too much Bible. They don't believe none of it. They just want to question the Bible this morning. He knew the Bible. He knew the Bible. They, they can quote Bible religious. Well, throw a, a, I love religious people. You talk with them, they'll throw out a, a verse at you and say, Well, what about this verse? What about that verse? And it got nothing to do with them going to heaven. Ain't got nothing in the world to being, being saved. They pull on and hold on to some obscure verse in the Bible. They're, they're going to wind up in hell knowing this Bible this morning. I, I read a story. Remember Washington when he crossed the Delaware and the Trenton during the war there? I read a story about Johanna Raw. He was the commander of the Haitian troops there, the German troops. He was commander there. They had a, a spy, a, a Haitian loyalty, and he was in the Washington's troops there. And he wrote a note to Johann Rawl, sent it to him. Johann Rawl was in his barracks there playing cards. Guy walked in with this note folded up and he just looked at the note and he stuck that note in his pocket. Never read it. He was awakened by his lieutenant, said, We're under a siege, we're under attack. The, they got, and he got wounded. He got up and they moved back to the, 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 the rallying point and he got wounded again. He was laying in the hospital and he, he asked Washington, he says, I want to make sure my, my troops are well taken care of. They'll be treated fairly and good and all that stuff and everything. And, and, he's, and he reached in his pocket there when he's laying there. He pulled out that note that his enemy, his friend gave him. And on that note it said, Washington is coming. Get ready. He never read it. He thought it was meant by something else and he never read that note and it caught him off guard. Can I tell you, you've got a note this morning. God has given you a note. You ought to get ready because he is coming again. He has given you this letter. Letters of repent, believe the gospel. Letters of repent or perish. 
they have passed it down so many times. They pass down the road. They've heard preacher preach, and they take it, fold it up, and put it in a pocket, and they do nothing with it. They'll say, I, I, I'll take care of it later. I, I'll read it later. The letter is judgment. The letter is doom. And if you don't do something with it now, you're to pray the price in the morning with your own soul. He knew this this morning. He knew all about He knew when He opened His eyes in hell and being tormented, He knew that's what was coming to Him. This man knew the Bible. Maybe he didn't like what he read. Maybe he didn't like what he read because the Bible condemned him about what he was doing. Maybe he just stopped reading the Bible because it condemned him. I'm tired of reading the hate material that's in the Bible. I'm tired of feeling guilty about the sins. I, 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 I want my own, do my own thing, live my own life. Listen to me. The Bible is more update today than Fox News was yesterday. You get a hold of this and you got the good stuff. Amen. It's a strong. There's a country song going on now. I, I, I tell you, I turn up these country people. And the song was called Bible Verses. And that sounds real good, don't it? Bible verses, I think I'll listen to this. Don't. Let me just give you some lines that's in that Bible. Song Bible verses. Got a King James in my dresser and I take it out sometimes. That means he doesn't read his Bible every day. When it feels like those apostles are giving me the gospel and the third degree. I just want to read like Bible verses. In his last line, says the last line, I just want to read like Bible verses and not the Bible verses me. You know what? You, can, you won't be against the Bible. The Bible won't be against with you if you get right with the Bible. The Bible's not wrong this morning. We're wrong this morning. Get right with God and you'll get right with the Bible. I, I want to have a relationship with God of the Bible this morning. I, I tell you, the day that I stopped just reading the Bible and said, Lord, I, I want a relationship with the one of the Bible, that changed my life completely this morning. He knew the Bible. Oh, he knew the Bible. But he did nothing with it. Can I say I'm looking at people today that knows the Bible. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Not only did he knew the Bible, he knew his brothers. He knew his brothers. Look what he said in verse 28. He said that he had five brothers. Now there were six in this family. That he may testify unto them lest they also come into the place of torment. He's trying to tell us. Abraham sent, sent him back to, to, to testify my brothers. He's got five brothers. And Abraham, Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. And Abraham said, let them hear some preaching. But look at his response in verse number 30. And he said, nay, 
In other words, he said, no, no, Abraham said. Let them go and listen to the, some Bible preaching and let them hear their responses, nay, and that's, that, that means no. Why would he say that? Why would he say no? Don't let him go and testify to them. Let them hear Moses. Let them hear the prophets. He said, no, they won't believe that. I'll tell you why he said it, because he knew his brothers. He knew they was just like him. And they would not listen to the Bible. They would not listen to preaching. They would not listen to the prophets. He knew. He knew his brothers were just like he was. He knew that he was just like them. He didn't care for the things about God. He didn't care about the things about the church or the gospel. All he wanted was his money. All he wanted was pleasure and all the stuff that he could get. I, I look at the scriptures differently. Look, I look at it this way. That is just not six boys. Five is a brother and he's in hell. When I read this, I think, who was the daddy? Who, who was the daddy? Who was the daddy of these six infidels? Listen to me, mom and daddies. They are raising infidels this morning throughout this world. All these boys had heard from their daddy. You ain't got to listen to that preacher. You ain't got to go to church. You ain't got to, instead of putting a Bible in his hand, he put a, a, a fishing rod in his hand. Instead of putting a Bible in his hand, he put a gov in his hands. And he said, you ain't got to listen to that preacher. You ain't got to go to church, boys. It's time to go fishing. Instead of taking his kids to the house of God to hear some preaching and get their lives right, he gave him a gun and said, let's go hunting. Put a ball in the hand and says, let's play some ball. When it's all said and done, we're all going to the same place. Oh no, there's, there was a daddy that raised infidels this morning. Then I got to thinking. Maybe this daddy did take them to the temple. Maybe this daddy got them up on the Sabbath and said, get ready, boys. We're going to the house of God. We're going to listen to preaching. We're going to get our lives right with God. And they go and sit and hear the preaching. And he looked at the daddy's daddy and said, mm-hmm, that's right, mm-hmm, that's right. They're looking at the daddy agreeing with everything the preacher's saying. That's right, preacher. Preach it, amen. Preach it, old man. I, I preach it, okay. Praise God. I, I'm praying. Maybe they saw their daddy do that in the house of God saw him do something different at home. Maybe they say, well, you know, dad, dad is right in the house of God. He's got his life right. He's grinning with the preacher on everything the preacher said, but when he gets home, it's a different story. It's a different story. I think of things like that. How I many daddies we got bringing kids to school to church this morning? Amen, preacher, preacher, that's it. And go home. I'm just going to take me a sip of this right here. Y'all don't worry about it. Go on out and play, boys. We got them in churches today. We got them in church. Don't say, well, that, that, don't ha that happens in churches today. They're not, they're not living the life outside as the life they're living on the inside. 
Can I say their walk don't line up with their talk? It just simply does not. Maybe he did take them to the temple. Maybe he did shake his head and say, Preach, that's right, but when he got home, he was living a different life. Or maybe it was this way. Maybe he was taking them to the house of God. Maybe he was living his life like he should at home, doing his things, reading his Bibles, praying, all the stuff he should have been doing at home in front of his kids. And maybe he was doing that. But as them kids got older, they start rebelling. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like my daddy. I don't want to be stuck in the mud. I don't want to be somebody that has to pray all the time. I don't want to be somebody that has to go to church all the time. I don't want to be like him that has to read his Bible all the time. Every night he's in the Bible reading about it. And every night I hear him crying in there praying for God, asking him to save some soul. I don't want to be like that. Anybody here got some children out in this world, living in this world? What side of the boat are you on? He knew the Bible this morning. And he did nothing with it. And he knew his brothers. Listen, say, people, you got family that you know is going to hell this morning. When was the last time that you really laid down on the altar and prayed for them? When was the last time you begged God to save them? Look, don't act surprised if you finally see this scene that's going to happen one day. You're standing there, you're saved, and your children or your mama and your dad here is unsaved, and you're standing there, and they're standing for God, of the judgment of God, and they're standing there bound up, the feet bound up, and they said, bleeding and begging and crying, oh, somebody say something. You see them there. You see what you did. You never said a thing. You never got on them. You never begged with them. You never plead with them. Come to the house of God. Get right with God. God will save you. God loves you. You never said a thing. And then watch them be cast in a lake of fire. Can you live with yourself now? I got loved ones that I know is going to hell. And if I don't get to the altar and start begging God to do something in their lives, hell is going to be their home and I'm going to watch them be cast into the lake of fire. I don't want that on my hands. When's the last time you really prayed for somebody that was lost in your family? Your child that's gone astray. Your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, your neighbors, your loved ones. When's the last time you really got down on your knees and Lord, here I am. Save them. When's the last time you were concerned? When's the last time you were concerned about their souls this morning? The Bible says, When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou shalt givest him not warning, nor speaketh to warn the wicked from their wicked ways, to save their life. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his 
blood will be required at thy hand. Look at your hands. Is there blood on your hands because you failed to speak the name of Jesus to them? You failed to witness to them? You failed to compel God to move in their lives? You didn't beg them. You didn't plead with them to get right with God, to come to the house of God. You didn't do none of that. Paul said, I'm clean from all blood of men. How can Paul be clean up? Because every person that Paul came in contact with, every person Paul saw, even the ones that were changed to him, everybody come to Paul said, Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. He's coming back. Get ready. He'll save your soul. He told everybody. He held back nothing. Everybody, in fact, he he was one of those great preachers that said, hey, I'm going to preach it instant, in season, out of season, everywhere I go, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. I'm warning the world about Jesus. What are you doing? Well, it's just too hot to go out. It's just too cold to go out. Oh, it's raining outside. I, I got things I need to do. I got things I need to do. You know what you need to do? Get them into the house of God. Get them into the house of God. He, he knew the Bible. Oh, I imagine sometimes he could probably remember back the times he was in a temple as a young man. He's reading from the, the Pentateuch. He's reading Moses' words. And, and it came back to him. Oh, if I'd have just listened to him. Oh, if I'd have just applied it to my life. If I'd, somebody had told me. If I'd just got a hold of it. If I'd done something with it. He knew about the Bible. He knew his brothers were just like him. They were just like him. He knew that. Can I say this? I'm about done. He knew who was to blame. You realize there is something missing from this text. When he gets to hell, he asks for some things. He asks for some water. Not a couple bottle, not a bottle of water. He just asks him, says, just let him dip his fingers in the water and cool my tongue. He asked for a witness. Send Lazarus back to my brothers and let him witness them and they will believe him. He got some prayer requests. The one thing he doesn't ask for, he doesn't ask to get out. He said, help me out. Get me out of this place of torment. This fire, this place. Get me out of here. Get me out. Of, I don't want to be here. He never asked that. Why didn't he ask to get out? Because he knew that he was to blame for being there and he deserved it. Amen. Listen, you, 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 you buzz tail wide open today. You have nobody to blame but yourself because you deserve it. I'm worried about our Christian people. I'm worried about them. No sinner will ever go to hell and look at God or anybody else and, well, 
I'm here because they didn't tell me. I, I'm here because they didn't help me. You know, every sinner goes to hell to say, I'm the one. I'm at fault. It's my fault. I'm getting justice. There will be no getting out of this place because you know you're the blame. Do you know these things that I'm preaching about this morning? I look at the crowd this morning. Yes, you know. Yes, you know. Right now, you, you know. But we see here in the Bible's past tense, he knew. He, he, he knew. There's nothing he could do about it. But he knew. Child of God, if you got somebody that you love and you care for, you need to pray for them now. Preach to them now. Give them a track. Invite them to the house of God. Beg them to get to the house of God. Plead with them. Baby. Drag them in if you got to. But if you love them enough, you'll bring them to the house of God and let God do something in their life this morning. Because it comes to a fact that your time will say, you knew. You knew. I'd hate to be standing there and my loved ones standing for God and they're being, pleading and begging, somebody help me, somebody help me. And I never spoke a word, never prayed for them, never pleaded with them. And their blood would be on my hands because they're there because my lack of being a light in this world. You got somebody in your life? Is there somebody in your life you care so much about, you love so much about, they're not in the house of God right this morning. They're not here this morning. They're not in the church somewhere this morning. What are you doing? What are you doing about it?